Welcome to the intersection of faith and the culture. It's Wall Builders, where we're taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective, and we're thrilled that you are with us. Thanks for being part of the solution. A lot of people, they know in their gut something's not right, the culture's crumbling around us, but they're not willing to pick up the pieces and rebuild. That's not you, or you wouldn't be listening to this program. So thanks for being part of the solution with Wall Builders. Thanks for helping us to rebuild the walls, the culture, the foundation of our nation and bring back those biblical values that made us the greatest nation in the history of the world. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution coach and a former Texas legislator and thrilled to be serving alongside David and Tim Barton. David's America's premier historian and our founder at Wall Builders. Tim's a national speaker and pastor and president of Wall Builders. And all three of us, thank you for joining us. All right, David and Tim, let's get into some of that good news. Actually, the first piece of good news comes from one of our listeners who said, uh, you know, this would be a great Good News Friday letter. Just wanted to tell you that my son Joshua and his family we're at our house the other night, and Malachi, my grandson, was doing his homework. He's in the sixth grade at Madison Grant Schools Park Elementary in Indiana. He was studying for his history class. It was a vocabulary quiz. His dad was quizzing him, and the questions caught my attention. His dad was randomly reading to him the Bill of Rights, and Malachi had to tell him which one it was. I was so grateful to see that a school was actually teaching this to our kids, and I was also very proud of my grandson, because he never missed one. Way to go, Malachi. If you happen to be listening, all of us here at Wall Builders are proud of you. Uh, pretty cool, guys. Three generations just, you know, sitting around quizzing on the Bill of Rights for their uh, vocabulary test. I love it. Let's get into some additional good news. David, what's your first piece of good news today? You know, I, I love that piece of good news because it's kind of like going back to the foundations. It really is. That's significant stuff. When you're having three generations discuss things like the Bill of Rights, at a time when literally the nation is having trouble preserving the rights in the Bill of Rights, this is just, that's a really healthy thing. That's, that's really positive. And, and talking about kind of foundation stuff, I was really impressed last weekend with some of the things that happened in the aftermath of the NFL playoff game. So for folks who don't know or keep up with it, four teams played NFL last week, uh, decided the two teams that will go to the Super Bowl. And in both of those, both of those games, there really were some some fun things that happened with the players who were in there. And this has impressed me because at, at a time in America where it's really hard for a lot of people to talk about their faith publicly because they get so attacked and so derided and there's such a, a faith-hostile attitude. I, I was with a congressman just a couple of days ago, and he was talking about how that other members of, of Congress, if they start talking about faith, they just openly mock them and make fun of them. And the mockery that is there in the media and in so much of the national media, the mockery that's there in so much of the educational system and so many other institutions that have become not just faith intolerant, but faith hateful. It's been, it's been really disappointing to see that change over recent years. And as a result, we've talked about it in other programs. A lot of people have just gone silent because nobody likes being attacked. Nobody likes being made fun of. And so a lot of people now just keep their mouth shut rather than say something that's going to trigger the other side and get attacked. But I've been real impressed in these playoffs with some players who have really stepped up and have not hesitated to acknowledge God in a culture and in a profession where that at least on the professional media side of it, they're not faith friendly. And so I've been really impressed with the, the quarterback for San Francisco who really kind of is an unlikely quarterback. He was not the one they had planned and picked, but injuries doing what they did. He ended up being the starting quarterback and has gone through this year, and he has not hesitated in his press conferences and on Instagram and other social media 
to be very outspoken about Jesus Christ, his relationship with Jesus Christ, his gratitude and thankfulness for Jesus Christ. And that's just a really hard thing to do for a lot of people in that. So I'm really impressed with his boldness. And after after they won the championship game to, to go to the Super Bowl last week, uh, I mean, he's on the field, they're interviewing him on the field, and the first thing he does is he talks about God. L- listen to this short little clip he had. Man, first of all, glory to God. Um, he, he's given us this opportunity, man, and, and for us, it's a team sport. You know, we knew we had a half left. Defense did their job, boys on offense, took care of business, coach called a great game, and, and we had the faithful behind us the whole way, so we love you guys. So the first thing he said, this is an open stadium. He's on a mic in the stadium. The entire stadium is there. They, they've won uh, the, the NFC, and so they headed to the Super Bowl. And that's what he says to the stadium. First thing, glory to God. In San Francisco, in that stadium, in that culture, I'm just really impressed with that. The other game that happened was on the AFC side, and that game is between the Ravens and the Chiefs. And the Ravens ended up losing that game. And so John Harbaugh, the coach of the Ravens, when he walks into the press conference after the loss, listen to what John Harbaugh did in that press conference after the loss. All right, appreciate everybody being here. Uh, just something I want to start with. Let's say this. This is uh, where I'm hanging my hat at this point. But for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Wait for the Lord and be strong. And that's for me. So right after a loss, what he starts doing is quoting scripture to the press corps. He walks in and quotes there out of Jeremiah, and that's really impressive for a professional football coach to walk in and start the press conference with a Bible verse. And I was just thinking about this. I hope that's a model for everybody. You know, I was just remembering some verses in Matthew 10, 32. Jesus said, look, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. Every one of us need to be open about confessing Christ before others. Uh, we have so many other verses as well. You got Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge me, and I'll direct your paths. And Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If Jesus is in your heart, he needs to come out your mouth when you talk about him. One other verse, Romans 1, 16, it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And, and I just love the fact that I'm seeing these professional athletes with so much at stake, with such a hostile typical audience being so bold about their faith. I think that's good news, and I hope it's an inspiration for all of us. Well, well Dad, Brock Purdy is somebody that, that we've seen at several press conferences uh, talk about his faith. He's been pretty open about that in interviews. Same thing to Coach Harbaugh. Uh, I think even last week when they won to get to the championship round, uh, he started the press conference by quoting Scripture. And we, we certainly could talk about people, uh, even on the Kansas City Chiefs, we've heard Patrick Mahomes talk about his faith. There definitely are athletes now that, uh, you know, politics aside, are seeming more comfortable to come out and talk about their faith. So that is really encouraging. I also can say at this point, we are definitely cheering for the 49ers. Uh, I would encourage all of our listeners, uh, cheer for the 49ers. Wait, wait, um, wait, wait, wait. I don't know, guys. I don't, I don't know. I, I that's like, I, I don't know. Are you on team Taylor Swift, Rick? I, is that, I, I yeah. just, I, maybe I'm just going to ignore it. Maybe I'm just not even going to, I'm going to pretend it's not even happening. Okay, um, now wait a second. I, so you're going to side with Team Pfizer and Team Taylor Swift. <laughs> Man, this is like... Because I love... Here's the thing. I love Patrick Mahomes. I, I love the way he plays. He's so fun. And and for people that... Most people out there, they're, they're more bandwagon. But I was watching him at Texas Tech uh, thinking, man, he's an incredible quarterback. He could be great in the league, and he has been. So, right, I've, 
I've been a fan of Patrick Mahomes for many years, so I I would love to. See, and I think it's gonna be a great so game. You're torn I think too. Patrick Mahomes, Brock Purdy, yeah, for sure. I think it's gonna be a great game. But I am not gonna cheer for Team Pfizer <laughs> and Team Swift. It's true. That, it's that's true. just not gonna happen. It's true. I, I'm just shocked. I, I'm I'm glad to know that San Francisco loves their football more than their politics, right? So like they should still be behind this quarterback despite the fact that he's saying things that. Well, when you think about their politics, uh, definitely probably rubbing some of them the wrong way. But as long as he's winning, they're very happy. But you're exactly right. And I actually saw, I don't know, this is off topic probably. I I saw a poll that like, I don't know, 50% of the people in the poll are some ridiculous number. Said that whatever Taylor Swift does on the presidential election will actually influence who they choose. When Taylor Swift's opinion is influencing who you should vote for for president, I think you might need to not go vote or maybe go take one of our Constitution classes and get better informed. I couldn't believe that. Well, I, I saw uh, just a, a poll earlier today that talked about it was it was 19 percent of all Americans, but I think it was like 50 percent of young people. Um, and, and so uh, to your point, it's a staggering number and certainly <laughs> When, you know, in the 2020 election, Taylor Swift encouraged people to vote for Joe Biden. And now she's on team Pfizer as well. I mean, certainly, right? One of the, one of the guys reasons. from Daily Wire tweeted something to the effect of all of her songs are about her bad choices of men. So that should be a pretty good sign that she's not the one to give you advice on choosing your president. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not the best news of the day for Good News Friday. But the quotes from the football players and coaches, good stuff. As long as we're not talking about the Pfizer guy, what you know the the well, one of the shout out I got to do a shout out for for Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, of course, won the national championship for for college stuff, and he's looking to become a a pro coach again. But I was really impressed by the fact that he was one of the national speakers at the March for Life, and that is such a polarizing issue. The nation is so divided: Democrat, Republican, pro life, pro abortion, all that kind of stuff. And he went out there nationally as a nationally known figure and was taking a stand for what he believed to be right, what's biblical. And I'll tell you, I'm really impressed with both Harbaugh's now. When you quote scriptures, not only when you win, I can understand that, but when you lose your quoting scriptures, that's good. That's a good relationship. And when you're willing to stand up for something as unpopular nationally as life is, that should be popular for people of faith and for constitutionalists. But in this culture, this climate that's so secular, I, I just got to give a shout out to Jim Harbaugh as well and bless his heart for, for doing the right thing on life. That's really good. Well, and, and Dad, along those lines, uh, both, both Harbaugh brothers are very dedicated uh, Christians. They, uh, I believe they're Catholic, um, but, but certainly very clear in their faith. And I think uh, at, at University of Michigan where, where he was coaching, I, I think I saw reported that they had 70 people get baptized this year. So just really wow. cool things happening. And uh, maybe just to add to some, some thought and context, when you're saying that pro-life is not a popular issue, well, I, I think the majority of Americans still are people that would identify as pro-life, although there are, you know, they have the caveat and exceptions. But to your point, there is such a hostility from those that are pro-abortion that if you stand up on this issue, they try to silence you. They try to, to cancel you to remove you, whatever it might be. And so it, it does take a lot of courage and boldness to stand up and do that. And unapologetically, he stood up and talked about the value of life, knowing that that life comes from God. Life is sacred. Uh, the things that, that fundamentally as Christians, we should know and believe. 
he was outspoken in it. So definitely some some good things coming from the athletic arena and the world of sports. All right, well, Tim, you're up next with your first piece of good news for the day. All right, well, this one is coming from the office of the Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton. And this is something I just uh, saw. Actually, I think it came out uh, last week, maybe, beginning of this week. I'm not totally sure. I guess last weekend. But they're identifying in this release, this press release, that Barclays was not allowed, would no longer be permitted to underwrite any of Texas's municipal bonds after failing to respond to requests for information concerning its net zero carbon emissions. And as the, the release goes down, uh, kind of breaking this down, because of Barclays' position with ESG, there was something that was passed in Texas. It was actually uh, Senate Bill 10 that was uh, brought to the Senate by our good friend, uh, Phil King, who was our, our Texas senator for uh, my dad and I. And he brought this bill and said that Texas is not going to do business with companies that are going to be promoting ESG because that impacts Texas, certainly, uh, which we were already seeing Biden make moves that impact Texas when it comes to fossil fuels and natural gas and all those things. Well, what's good about this one is that Attorney General Ken Paxton said that we're going to enforce the laws of Texas and it, it safeguards industries against ESG policies that are pushed by major corporations that would weaponize the uh, powerful financial industry against the interests of this state. Uh, recently, a major financial service company abandoned ESG ratings altogether after an investigation by Attorney General Ken Paxton. And then it concludes the Office of the Attorney General will continue to vigorously enforce our laws that prevent taxpayer funds from going to companies whose ESG policies harm Texans or key Texas industries. The bottom line is that we have an Attorney General. And, and fortunately, we had a, a Senate in the House that passed this. Governor Abbott signed it. But we have an Attorney General that's enforcing this saying that Texas, we're not going to take our money to do business with companies that fundamentally oppose the, the things that benefit Texas or that would harm the individuals and citizens of Texas. And this is just another one of those uh, kind of line sequence of we finally have some leaders in Texas, whether it be a Governor Abbott, Ken Paxton, who are standing up to defend Texas against some of this crazy wokeness, some of the overreach, or in, in some cases, even the border invasion. This is really good news that we actually have state officials that are standing up. We, we saw the example from Governor Ron DeSantis, and now that he's out of the presidential race, we see him back in his state leading very well as he has for the last many years. And hopefully his example is going to be the new precedent for Republican leadership, Republican governors in the state. And this one is the Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton. So just really encouraging to see state leaders step up to defend the citizens of their state. Yeah, guys, that's a contagious kind of thing, right? That gives uh, courage to other AGs, other governors, other state officials around the country and, uh, to start, you know, finding this balance of uh, federalism, getting getting the power back to the states and, and allowing the states to act. Uh, let's take a quick break. we got a lot more good news coming your way, folks. Stay with us. You're listening to The Wall Builder Show. Have you noticed the vacuum of leadership in America? We're looking around for leaders of principle to step up, and too often no one is there. God is raising up a generation of young leaders with a passion for impacting the world around them. They're crying out for the mentorship and leadership training they need. Patriot Academy was created to meet that need. Patriot Academy graduates now serve in state capitals around America, in the halls of Congress, in business, in the film industry, in the pulpit, in every area of the culture. They're leading effectively and impacting the world around them. 
Patriot Academy is now expanding across the nation, and now's your chance to experience this life-changing week that trains champions to change the world. Visit PatriotAcademy.com for dates and locations. Our core program is still for young leaders, 16 to 25 years old, but we also now have a citizen track for adults. So visit the website today to learn more. Help us fill the void of leadership in America. Join us in training champions to change the world at PatriotAcademy.com. Welcome back to the Wall Builder Show. It's Good News Friday. We got some more good news coming at you. David Barton's got the next piece of good news. Well, I'm going to kind of pile on to where Tim was before the break, and that's with ESG. And, and folks may remember that we've done some programs from the ESG explaining uh, this environmental, social, governments kind of standards, and it's really wokeism. It is the corporate world. It is the political world. It is progressives trying to use economic means to force wokeism on everybody else. And if you don't like it, we're going to make you like it. We're going to punish you if you don't. So there's all sorts of ways they've tried to do that. But the ESG standard is kind of like a social credit score that China uses, that they're using in Europe. And it punishes you if you don't have these woke views. So Texas, Barclays, that's a big institution to say, oh, you know, we have all this money in Texas. We, We have all the teacher retirement fund. We have all the state retirement fund. We have all of our state accounts. And we're not going to let any of that money go into this institution because you have all this wokeism. And Texas is just not woke, and our people aren't woke, and they don't want the state money being used for woke endeavors. Well, I'm going to add to that Florida because Florida also, like Texas, passed an anti ESG law. And that anti ESG law that they passed in Florida had all the great provisions. It allows citizens to be able to defend themselves. If the attorney general will defend them, you have a private cause of action where you can sue the bank and say, hey, you're discriminating against me simply because of my political views, not because I'm a financial risk, not because I have bad credit, but because you don't like my political views. You refuse to give me loans or whatever. So in Florida, they passed a similar law. And in Florida, to get the state funds in Florida in your bank, and, and a lot of banks obviously They want all these deposits they can get because they can make money and interest on that, and and it helps them. So you're you're what's called a QPD. That's a Qualified Public Depository. So what happens is the state of Florida goes through to these banks and says, hey, you have to prove to us that you're not woke. You have to prove to us that you're not into ESG. And if you can do that, then we're going to allow our state funds to be deposited in your bank. Well, guess what? 117 banks in Florida made the qualified depository list, and they include the big boys. They, they include banks like Bank of America, Citibank, TD Bank, Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase, all these big banks that, that have been so liberal, all of a sudden they've, they've seen the light and said, you know what, we don't want to go with that woke stuff. And it's interesting, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is a great, quote from the banks, they said, we reject wokeism. And that's great to hear. You know, what we've seen with this and all the other stuff, everybody thought they had to be woke to get on this thing in order to curry favor. And now they're finding out people really don't want woke and they're going the other direction, which is really good. So Florida, 117 banks there have rejected wokeism and they now are rejecting ESG as well. Very good news. All of these, uh, you know, leftist three-letter uh, you know, remaking America in the in in the Marxist image, um, getting less and less popular, and finally getting um, public servants uh, willing to 
to go the other way, go the right way on these things and uh, stop implementing these things that are completely remaking our nation into the wrong direction. So all good news, all good news. The trends are starting to turn the right direction. Tim, where are we headed next? This one is going to Missouri. That The title of the article says, Governor Mike Parson celebrates that Missouri is abortion-free. Abortions have dropped to zero. Uh, anytime I see a headline like this, obviously, really, really good news. Uh, none of this takes into account that they don't have any way to track any kind of, of abortion pills that are mailed. We know that is going to be the big fight coming forward. Uh, we're really going to end abortion, um, stopping some of that industry. But back to Governor Mike Parson in Missouri. Back in 2019, uh, he was able to sign a piece of legislation that had a trigger bill or that had a trigger in it uh, that if the Supreme Court ever overturned Roe versus Wade, then this would go into effect and it would ban abortions in the state of Missouri. And so when he was giving his uh, final speech that the state of Missouri uh, and it's his final speech because he's term limited out. So he's concluding his term. Uh, he was in a joint session of the Missouri General Assembly. He said, we have fought the fight for life and reduced the number of abortions in our state from 8,000 annually to zero. Uh, you can imagine that this article even highlights the Democrats uh, did not give any applause during that line. Uh, Republicans certainly cheered for that. Um, but it just kind of breaking down some of what happened in Missouri and the abortion ban and abortion now going, essentially they're saying to zero abortions. So this is really good news. We've seen that the abortion issue has gone back to the states. And I would argue that this is a little bit like, and we've talked about this before, a little bit like the slavery issue, where when we talk about the, the, the fundamental rights that we understand, that the declaration laid out, said so the, the philosophy of America, the constitution was upholding that, that standard legally, but the philosophy was, that we have inalienable rights to come from our creator. And the first of those is the right to life. And so this notion that now states can choose who gets life and who doesn't, well, that violates the basic philosophy of our nation that the, the founding fathers largely enshrined in the constitution, but was clearly outlined in the declaration. So, so similar to the idea of slavery, when you look at the fact that founding fathers said life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, this, this notion that some states were going to say, well, we can have slavery in our state. That is as backwards as the argument that we should have abortion in the state because it violates that basic notion of God-given right. So th th this is not an issue that's done. It should not be a state's rights issue in this regard. It should be a fundamental issue that every state says, no, the, the, the role of government, according to the founding fathers, when we started this nation, the role of government was to protect the God-given rights of every individual. And the first among those was the right to life. So this fight is certainly not over, but really good news that we do have states that have have chosen to protect that inalienable right to life, Missouri being one of those. And so just a great article highlighting some of what Governor Mike Parsons was able to accomplish. All right, guys, I think we got time for one more. Um, should we flip a coin? Who gets to do the last one? Who gets the final good news story of the day? I will yield to the gentleman. Uh, the gentleman from, from Texas yields to the gentleman from Texas. <laughs> I was going to say his address, and then I realized I probably shouldn't say his address <laughs> on air because there's people listening that might, you know, some that don't love and support us. Uh, yeah. So yeah. no. Uh, yeah. Just, no. Are I you saying there are people out there that do not love wall builders? I just, I, I well, it's, can't be true. Only the people say that promote so. tolerance are the ones that are hateful toward us. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, however yeah. that balance goes. But I yield the remainder of my time to the gentleman who founded wall builders. There we go. There we go. All right, David, what's our final piece of good news today? 
Uh, Rick, I'm going to go to New York City. Going to talk about Mayor Eric Adams. There's been a few times we've been able to talk about him doing some really good things. There's times when common sense actually wins in a progressive state like New York and a crazy city like New York City. And the New York City Council passed a, a measure, and it's called the How Many Stops Act, because they're convinced there's systemic racism and that the police are racist and all this stuff that, that was Black Lives Matter, et cetera. The city council passed a measure that now requires every single cop in New York City, they have to have written documentation of who they talked to in the public, what race they were. They have to describe all about the, the char physical characteristics of anybody they talk to, whether it's a stop, whether it's a contact in public, whether it's walking down a sidewalk, whatever. So what it does, it, and you can imagine what that does for paperwork. Well, I don't have time to catch crooks because I've got to write down. I talked to three people on the sidewalk who asked for directions on how to get to the subway. One of them was black. One was Hispanic. One was, you know, it, it's crazy stuff. And so this is what the city council came up with. And Mayor Adams vetoed it. He said, this is absolutely crazy. He was a police captain in New York City. And he challenges his council. I, I, I'll take any of you out on the streets with me. I want you to go on patrol with me. I want you to see what a cop does when he's on the streets. And I want you to tell me how in the world you can pass a measure that requires every race, every gender, every whatever perceived to be recorded every time a policeman has a contact with them and how that's going to solve this systemic racism, BLM kind of stuff. And they have to come up with 34 votes to override his veto. I don't know if they can do that. The city is crazy enough that maybe they can. But I just think it's really good when you have a mayor standing up in a really big city actually sounding off on common sense and telling people you're crazy to think this way. Now, he's crazy at times, too, because he is progressive in areas, but he's been much more common sense than any New York City mayor we've seen since Giuliani, probably. So it's really good to see some common sense coming back from New York City, even when it is from a liberal progressive Democrat. So this is really good for Mayor Adams. On this issue, he got it absolutely right, which is really good news. All right, guys, we'll have more good news for you next week, folks. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this Good News Friday. I keep hearing from people. In fact, just... Last couple of days, I've heard from several people saying, man, I love Good News Friday. It just really helps me going into the weekend to get ready for the next week. Uh, listen, you apply God's word, you get good results. His way is not only right, it works best. There's just no question about it. And so I love these Fridays as well. Make sure you share it with your friends and family. They could use some encouragement as well. Take those links, send them out, share them on social media, and also uh, just tell people, listen to The Wall Builder Show, and you're going to be encouraged. Appreciate you listening today. You've been listening to Wall Builders.